We are going to be in Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, if you have a Bible, we'll put it up there as well. Remember, we're trying to say Ecclesiastes is one of the wisdom books. The wisdom books are trying to answer the question, what does it look like to live uh, a good life in a very complex and confusing world? Proverbs gives you the kind of norms to expect, and Ecclesiastes gives you a lot of the exceptions to the norm. Ecclesiastes is looking at life under the sun uh, and saying there's going to be a lot of things that you encounter that disturb you, uh, but there's still a way to live a good life. Um, so uh, before we do the discussion questions, I want you to think about, um, I think this will help with uh, Ecclesiastes 3, think about uh, being a farmer. <clears throat> I've never been a farmer. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm a, I guess I'm a city boy. It'll probably show. But um, Somebody like Richard back here, uh, you know, works land, things like that. But I think I know the principle enough to, to relate to Ecclesiastes 3. If you're a farmer, inevitably there are things um, that shape your work that are dictated outside your control, namely weather and seasons, right? And if you're going to do the appropriate work of a farmer, you have to honor the season that you find yourself in. You don't get to recreate that. And you have to honor the weather. So again, in the spring, it doesn't matter whether this is what the farmer thinks he should do or not. And he just has to, you have to plow, you have to get the ground ready and you have to plant. And then when the, when the summer season comes, that's when the crops are growing, that's when you're weeding, that's when you're watering, insecticides, all those kind of things. And then in the fall is when you have to harvest and you properly store the, uh, those crops. And then in the winter, there are some winter crops. I had to Google to see that. But mostly what you're doing is you're resting and preparing. You're doing like maintenance of equipment. You're storing all that kind of stuff. Again, those seasons are coming whether you want them to or not. And if you resist the season that you're in or if you ignore it, then it'll actually mess you up. Like let's say in the winter you decide, I, you know, I'm not gonna um, maintenance my machines in the winter. Well, when the spring comes and it's time to plant and you get the machines out, you might find that you're actually spending time working on your machines instead of planting and starting to mess everything up, right? And so that, that's the picture I want you to have because when we read Ecclesiastes 3, this Solomon figure, whether it's Solomon or not, or, or somebody that's like him, he wants you to receive the truth that in life, there are times and seasons that are going to come to you, and they always come to you through the hands of God. And you can't control them, and you don't know the duration of them, but he's saying they're, they're coming through the hands of God, and if you try to resist those seasons, or you resist those times, or you deny them, it'll actually be foolish living. And we all live with this idea that there's this master plan for my life and I can control it. But Ecclesiastes is gonna say, no, you can't. Times and seasons are gonna come to you from, through the hands of God. Will you recognize them? Will you walk with them, right? So on a grand scale, uh, I mean, think, and this is horrible to think about, but think if you were an, someone living in Israel on, on Saturday you woke up to a season of war that you were not expecting and violence. That is what came to you. And it was not your plan and nobody saw it coming. 
And so that's a time of weeping and a time of war. And it just came to you. On a much smaller scale, right, and, and much more lighthearted, I can remember uh, 15 years ago, uh, Liza uh, is pregnant with Shelby. She just goes to her checkup, and she's told by the doctor, she's like, well, looks like you're having, looks like you're having your baby today. It's not what she was expecting. And it's funny, she said, uh, no, I'm not. She said, I've got to get my hair cut. <laughs> And she, she, she started fighting with the doctor saying, no, I've, I gotta go to the grocery, I gotta have my hair cut. This, uh, my baby's not supposed to come for two weeks. And she laughed, she said, well, it's coming. And so, you know, there it was. Like that's, that's the season that was gonna be brought to me and Liza, whether she wanted to or not, Shelby was coming. And so it was a day of joy. It wasn't what we thought, but here it was. So that's the picture I want you to have in your head as we read uh, Ecclesiastes 3. Here's my sources. I, want, I say nothing original. Most everything's coming from uh, Zach S1. But here we go. <clears throat> uh, for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his tool? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time and he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there's nothing better for them than, than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his tool. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. All right, um, let me, uh, actually, let's do these discussion questions first for about five minutes. Um, okay, discuss these four. Does the comparison of a farmer to our lives that we opened up with, does that ring true in your life? And with the person next to you or the group, I don't know, is there an instance where you can share where you realized I'm in a, I'm in a season or time, not because I made it this way, but because it came to me and I'm having to learn how to honor that, all right? Share it, you'll, you'll learn something from each other. Second, we're, we're gonna talk a lot about time because Ecclesiastes says the three things <laughs> that frustrate what you think is gonna be ordinary and controllable. The three things are always the death, the march of time, and the seeming chance that happens in this world, okay? So what effects does the march of time have on you? Like, how does time kind of end your mind in your life work? And, and if you can discuss it, how would you describe it today? That could even be like on this Sunday or this season that you find yourself. And you'll notice there's a lot of ways that we describe time. We'll say things like, there's not enough time in the day. Uh, or you could say, I have all the time in the world. Or sometimes you say things like, I can't wait for this weekend. Where are you right now? How are you kind of thinking about time? And what does that say about yourself, okay? Third, 
those things that we, that we uh, just all those times that were listed, you can group them into places of disquiet, right? And by disquiet, I just mean it's something that is, uh, feels like it's interrupted, something, it's, uh, it's something that's troubling, and times of delight. And as you read those, which of those are you prone to resist? Which of those are you uncomfortable in? And then if you have time, you can look at uh, 311 where it talks about God has put eternity in our hearts, but we don't know what he's doing. Kind of where do you feel that tension uh, uh, and how's that work its way out? So take five minutes again, discuss those questions. I'll stop you at 10, 10, So, all right. Thanks for discussing. Um, all right, what I've done, I've taken, uh, I've, I've taken and divided up and tried to categorize it in a time of delight and time of uh, disquiet. And by disquiet, I just mean uneasiness, things that trouble us. Uh, and you can see uh, how I did that. And look, if you know yourself, I think you'll know that you have a comfort level with some of these more, more than others. Uh, one of you came up a few weeks ago and said, as we talked about wise hatred one week and wise enjoying, you said the wise hatred uh, actually see all the time. I'm a little more comfortable with that. The wise enjoyment, I don't always see the gifts and I feel like those are always about to kind of fade away. And so you gotta, in some ways the wisdom is saying, okay, do I know myself and can I see the time that I'm in and can I see that, uh, de- kind of depending who I am and my fears, that some of those are harder to receive and to be wisely faithful in, right? If kind of the, wor- if the world for you is kind of always sunny side up and God's nearness tends to be felt only in kind of successes and everything being great, then times of disquiet, I think you're gonna find you try to keep those at a distance. You try to ignore those and resist those uh, or even numb yourself to them. Uh, because it feels like those, can't, those things can't be coming through the hands of God to me. But, and that's me, but, and, and this could be you, if kind of melancholy, sadness and pain is your custom, then realize this, the idea of like good gifts and joy and celebration, nurturing hope can feel really hard uh, and feel really uncomfortable. And the preacher is saying is that the good life, a wise life, is recognizing the season and time that you're in, not denying it, and embracing it and responding appropriately. So I picture uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he feels like this guy who has walked this long road of life and is looking back at you and saying, look, here's what's gonna come. All this is gonna come sometime in your life times of silence, times of speaking, times of embracing, times that you find yourself refraining from it. It's all coming. And I'm telling you, the presence of God will be there with you, but you need to be able to identify it. And you need to be able to respond wisely. Uh, You need to learn how to enter into those places of disquiet and delight, no matter what it is, and believe that God is there with you. Um, And it's not always that clean. Like there's a lot of intermixing, right? I, think about Job, another book of wisdom. Amidst God's silence and tremendous pain, he cries out at the same time, yet I know my Redeemer lives after my skin has thus been destroyed, my flesh shall see God. Amidst pain, amidst disquiet, and he's nurturing hope. Um, 
Jesus was a man of sorrows and he brought great joy to his people. On the cross, he, he is shouting out mo uh, moans of agony and shouting out forgiveness at the same time. And so even these times and seasons that they're put up there, I'm not saying it's always this like, like okay, now I'm here and now I'm here. Like they're gonna be intermixed and that's okay because we're real, we're real humans. Second Corinthians six, listen to what Paul says. This is how he describes uh, himself. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. He is walking in the tension of life in this fallen world. So let's just walk through a few of those things. Wisdom and time. Uh, just one or two, how, like where'd you find yourself? How did you describe what time feels like to kind of where your time and your season is right now? Anybody wanna share? Every day is a Saturday. What do you mean by that? Except Sunday. Except Sunday. Yeah. Okay, lose track of time. Saturday. And here's what's interesting. That could be a, that could be a statement of uh, relaxation. It also could be a, a statement of frustration with boredom. And what should I be doing? But yeah, it's an interesting way to, uh, to relate to time. Um, good. What else? Anybody else say anything? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, the, the death being a front door uh, probably feels a little closer. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing. Do what? Fourth quarter. I love a sports analogy, buddy. Feels like fourth quarter. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Good, Any, anything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, ooh, Linda, that's good. My time is not my own because I've got aging kind of parents. I've also got kind of this new life and grandchildren and yeah, almost, uh, almost at the needs of others. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting stage of time. And Rob, <laughs> thanks, Ron. Yeah, I, and I think that's somehow how you're supposed to be thinking like, how is the march of time working in my life, not just this week, but also my stage of life? Um, uh, because I think it was 28 times uh, just in that chapter the word time is used. So you're supposed to feel the sense of time marching on. Um, and there's always connections in Ecclesiastes to Eden, to the way that the world was made. If you think about time back in Eden, time in the Garden of Eden, it would have been... Um, beautiful, restful, harmony with God. There's work and all that kind of stuff, but it, there was nothing stressful about the march of time. But now under the sun in, in this world, like time haunts us, it stresses us, it reveals sometimes regret and boredom. Uh, and, and so all he's saying is I want you to think about the march of time and are you, are you resisting it? Are you denying it? Are you trying to control it? Because he's saying the wise and good life is relating to God and our neighbors in the time that God has given you. And it's going to look different in different seasons. And that's not bad. It's what the, it's what the good life looks like. So, right, in a, 
in a time of disquiet, a time of real struggle or death around you, slapping on a smile before God, he's going to say you miss it. You miss the intimacy with God if you just slap on a smile because God is near the brokenhearted. And to honor that time is to lament. That's, that's why sometimes in church we have these times of lament because there's got to be space for that in your life. Um, so the church will feel different to you in a, in a time of your, your, your life being torn apart than in a time of kind of being, of healing. And that's okay, there's space for that. Uh, or if, you're, if your friend is in a place of mourning, if I relate to my friend who's in a place of mourning the same way that I relate to him when it's a time of dancing, it'll actually hurt them. Uh, so I think Errol had sent me this a few weeks ago. He's like, a lot of Ecclesiastes sounds like Paul in Romans where he says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, that's it. That the good life, loving your neighbors means honoring the time that they're in as well, which means knowing them and knowing what's going on. And we know this like in, in ordinary, right? It, uh, playing outside is great, but if there's a tornado, all of a sudden it looks different because you realize there's a different season outside. Um, I, I mean, I was thinking about this, that um, I was talking to a friend of mine, his little Oregon Campus Ministry, there's a little bit of a new phenomenon that um, tons of kind of young adults, like there's a lot of 16, 17 year olds that aren't getting their driver's license. Very interesting. It's being pushed back because who knows all the reasons for that. But so on the one hand, I would say there's a season of supposed to be growing in independence, but there's people resisting that because they want to delay adolescence. And that's actually... I think foolish. I'm supposed, to be, I'm supposed to be growing into this season. But then reverse it, and some of you have walked through this. There's a, there, there comes a time where you have to ask your dad to give you his keys because it's a season of, of him or her losing independence because of old age, and that's really hard. But to not honor that actually becomes destructive too. And so you're looking even at kind of those seasons of, of independence and then dependence and kind of saying, man, am, am, am I honoring kind of where I am and where God has me? Um, and then when you think about seasons, uh, you know, again, use those kind of words, right? Births, all right, that's joy, birthdays, gifts, death, I mean, he's telling you funerals are going to come. Relationships under the sun are going to end. And he's saying, do you, do, you, do you know the presence of God in both days of joy and days of weeping? And do you move towards people in both of those? What's really interesting is, right, what do, you, what do we do on birthdays and times of joy? Well, we should probably bring some kind of food, show up, let our presence be with them, what do we do when there's times of sorrow and death? We should probably bring food. We should probably show up. We should let our presence be with them. But you also realize the manner of those two things changes a little bit. That's the, that's the wisdom that we're talking about. And look, there's times to embrace and times to refrain from embracing. Um, there really are times that like there can be wise boundaries because of, because of rejection or sinning against that's happened. And there's times of forgiveness and embracing. Um, you know, I mean, this is kind of a funny example, but I used to have to remind 
for some reason it seemed to be guys. Like if she broke up with you, you're broken up. Quit, <laughs> quit asking her to like, quit uh, following her around. Like you're not honoring what she has told you, right? There's a time to, to ask out and there's a time to break up. There's a time to honor that uh, and to honor those spaces. There's a time to speak and to be silent. Uh, I'm an extrovert and I have to learn that sometimes, Brian, you've got to shut up. <laughs> sometimes your words are not what people need. And here's the deal, if you're an introvert, sometimes people actually need your words. Like sometimes you need to share. Um, and you gotta kinda, kinda learn that part of you. Uh, you, t- you see him talk a lot about kind of these like gathering stones, casting away stones, tearing, searing. I think that's uh, sowing, I think that's talking about work. And again, there's rhythms to work. And it's foolish to ignore those. Like the morning and the day, that's typically the time to get started, time to get up, to get things moving. Uh, but sometimes we resist it. We hit snooze. Sometimes we play, I play games on my phone. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, whoa, where did the time go? I don't have time for my Sunday school. That's because I played games on my phone, right? That's foolish. And some of us don't know how to leave work when we're supposed to. And we carry it home. Or we carry it into the Sabbath or those kind of things. Like you just get this big picture that can you recognize the time? Can you recognize the season? And can you honor uh, God's presence in it that it's coming to you. So I've only got a couple minutes. How, how do we kind of bullet point embrace the season and the time that God has for you and what has to be unpredictable? Um, first, recognize, because Ecclesiastes blows apart any idea that you can make life into a formula, that if you just do X, Y, and Z, you've got it. Like, you cannot, we cannot make life manageable with a formula. We have to recognize that we need God for each moment that comes to us. It's, there's not like this forced rule. We don't have the wisdom, but wisdom is a path. As we walk on it with God, he will teach us. But second of all, we got to realize um, that what God is concerned about is, is that we do our small part. So a friend of mine, Stuart Swain, talks about how life is like Ikea. Have you ever been to the great uh, Scandinavian, Scandinavian store, Ikea? Right, you see this amazing like piece of furniture that's actually pretty well priced, so you buy it. And then when you get home, you're like, oh, this is part of why it's cheap. I have to put it together. Dang it. Uh, and there's this massive like 200-page manual, and it shows you the front product on the end. You're like, this is going to be awesome. And then there's like 300 steps. And here's the deal, you have to do every small part and you have to honor that part if you're gonna get the whole product. See, when, when Ecclesiastes says that God has um, put eternity into man's heart, here's what this is saying. It's saying that all of us, we're made this way. We're, we, we long to know that there's an overall plan. There's an overall purpose. There's a master plan that's making sense of everything that's going on. We all... You're, the fact that you long for that is not bad. Of course you wanna know that. You wanna know that there's something good ordering this world and bringing about a plan. But it also says, right, he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. We also don't know, we don't know the whole plan. <laughs> the only one who has the master plan, the Lord lives outside of time and he has not revealed it all to us. And so our lot 
our wisdom is to, is to do our small part. And what is our small part? It's wherever God has you and whatever season he has you and whatever time he has you. Um, and, and so my friend Stuart says this. He says, life's gifts and joy do not come through control, but they come through surrender and a trust of the one who has the master plan, but I can't see it. And, what you, and I think what we begin to realize, and, and he gets into this a little at chapter three, is that one of the ways that we live foolishly is we live in endless speculation. Speculation inhibit our part of the plan because we want to know things that God has never promised he'll tell us. Like there's this little part at the end of John, it's actually really sweet, uh, but Jesus is, uh, John, Jesus is talking to Peter about how he's gonna die. And then he looks at John and says, well, what about, what about him? What about John? What's gonna happen to him? And Jesus just lovingly says, what is that to you? You just follow me. He kind of says, none of your business. I haven't revealed it to you. And there's a great deal we cannot know. And instead of trying to figure out what we cannot know, God says, stick with what you know, which is, which is where he has you in the season and time that he has you. And uh, S1 says this, any given season, we're tempted to imagine, think, speculate, meditate on, worry about, and mull over everything that we do not know about the times in which we find ourselves. But the preacher says the way forward in our season is not found in rehearsing what we do not know, but remaining in, remaining in faithful what we do. And that's just hard. Uh, but again, Ecclesiastes, this, this is thousands of years ago, saying, of course you're asking that question. Of course you're longing to know for an overall plan and an overall purpose. But you cannot know uh, exactly why and what's going on in your life. You can just trust the one who's given it to you. And that's the big wisdom in the whole. Uh, that the quicker we take our hands off trying to control the master plan that we have in our, in our minds of what our life should be like and believe that God has one, and that's gonna include time and seasons uh, and circumstances that go far beyond us and how we imagine, actually the more you'll experience joy. That's right, that's why he ends up saying, eat, drink, take pleasure in all his tool, this is God's gift to man. If I will surrender control of what I do not know, I can actually take joy. Um, so here's a little, uh, I'll, I'll kind of end with this. Oh gosh, that's horrible. Oh, well, you can't read it. I'm gonna read it for us, all right? Here's a, a meditation from Paul Tripp. Like, what does it look like to kind of sit in a time of disquiet? Um, I have to read meditations because I never stop. Uh, I just always think about the next thing. Um, here we go. Here's what uh, Tripp says. It says, uh, whoop. Sorry about that. He says, uh, you'll just have to trust me. Uh, I have come to understand that I'm not the author of my own story. My narrative is being penned by, by one who is the definition of all that is wise, loving, pure, true, and good. But since I'm in the story, but not the author of the story, I'm often called to wait. I wish I could say that I wait well, but I don't. I wish I could say that I never question your wisdom, but I do. So Lord, once more, I ask for the grace to wait, not only so I can get what I'm waiting for, but so that I'll become what you want me to become as I wait. Um, I think that's what it looks like. 
um, is in times of delight and, and times of disquiet to say, okay, I might not know exactly why this is happening particularly. I don't know how long this, this duration is going, is going to happen. But I know that they come through the scarred hands of Jesus who loves me, who sits with me in my joy and my weeping. And I know that somehow, somehow, this is making me more like Jesus and is going to bring me home. And so I'm going to honor the time that I'm in, disquiet or delight. Um, so um, it's 1030. Uh, any, any kind of final comments, questions? All right. Um, you can take the burden of, of, tr- of having to run your life off yourself and you can transfer trust to God and realize we're just too small to figure it all out. And that's okay. We weren't supposed to. Um, I will, before I pray, I will say this. If there are like a couple guys that can help me and buddy. So we're not sure what happened. We had these tables out there. They're now here, but we're having a huge lunch for all these college students afterwards. And we're going to try to get some out of this room so we don't have to disturb worship service. So if like two or three of your men want to help me and buddy, we're going to get the tables out there um, in these next 10 minutes. But let me pray. Father, um, I know for myself, it's a little bit easier to see that times of delight come from you. Uh, but times of disquiet, uh, it's hard for me. Um, it's hard for me to embrace. It's hard for me to know that your presence is there. Uh, but would you make us wise this morning? Would you make us wise not just to recognize the time and the season that we're in? Uh, but would you make us wise to respond to you and to others uh, wisely, uh, trusting you, uh, trusting that our time is in your hands, um, and that is a really good thing. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.